Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. Today, Pastor Humby Cervera will share a message with you. We hope you enjoy it. I'm so happy for you to be joining us here for week two of our series called I Don't Want to Go. To get to this series this year, it's been a bit of a process. It started with us learning about spiritual fruit. We learned that it comes directly from the Holy Spirit. Then we learned the kind of spiritual fruits that can be born through us. They're love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And most recently, we saw that the crappy situations in our lives can be used to fertilize this fruit. So once all this stuff can get done, then God will start asking us to use that fruit somewhere. When God asks us to move in a certain direction to use that fruit, we can find ourselves very regularly saying, I don't want to. I don't want to go over there. And I've actually said that to God a few times. One of the first times I did was uh, when I had a conversation with Doug in 2018. Doug said that he felt like it was going to be the right thing for me to go ahead and start a church on my own. He wanted me to pray about it first before uh, we started to consider through it or consider it though. And I spent some time praying, but never got anything definitive. It wasn't until I was in the middle of a prayer service that I felt God moving and speaking to me. He was just confirming all the stuff that Doug had told me, that I was going to start my own church away from Doug and City Tribe. Now, when that, that was confirmed, I started making plans of my own. I started laying out how I would build this team and get this church together. So here's what I started to lay down. Uh, I figured that I would start talking with the worship leaders around San Antonio to start interviewing potential worship leaders. I would have tapped into this network of people that I had developed over the years to find the exact person that I would want based on the thoughts and ideas I had of what it would take to be a good worship leader. I was also like taking classes on fundraising. And what I learned from them is that I needed to do a fundraising blitz on everyone I know and every church I'd had any kind of small connection to. Everything I had read and heard about starting a church revolved around resources. I was told that starting a church is like raising livestock. The bigger it gets, the more people it can feed. So you want all the resources poured into it. With that, you need to chase after all the people and organizations to give you the resources needed to grow that livestock as big as possible. From there, I needed to leverage that money, those resources I raised to make a lowball offer to rent out space at this church or rent out space at a church that's not very far from here, uh, owned by someone that we knew at my last church at City Tribe. And once I got the building all settled, I wanted to start day one with at least three people on the staff, me, a worship leader, and a children's ministry leader. I had all my ideas on how it would work. I was able to hear God saying, let's go, go and start your church. However, that's where I stopped listening. I had my plan set up for how all this was supposed to work. I wanted to do it my way, the way I'd seen it done before, the way that all these smart people were telling me it was supposed to be done, the way I felt like it would be safest for me and the church to get started. Now, what about you? Have you ever felt or known how you were supposed to proceed, but you wanted to do it the way you wanted to? or you knew the right thing to do, but you wanted to make sure it was done completely with your idea and under your control. If anyone has ever tried to open up something new and proceed without the instructions, then you've done that. Whether it was like how to play a video game or anything and you just kind of start going, you've done that. And we actually see the same thing happening in the Bible. 
We talked about all this stuff last week. Now, if you missed that one, all you have to do is go back into our YouTube channel or audio podcast libraries on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud and take a listen. So last week, we talked about Moses. We talked about how Moses had created this idea of himself. Moses looked at how he interacted with the world and saw how the world interacted with him. And it was through this that he knew exactly what he was capable of. And here's what Moses didn't know, how God would work through him. Moses didn't understand that God could overshadow all the ways that he viewed himself. Moses didn't understand that God's word is greater than the world's fire. Even so, God still allowed Moses to be the leader of the people of Israel. God allowed Moses to be able to go before the king of the Egyptians, Pharaoh, to plead with him to let the people of Israel out of slavery. God wanted Moses to ask Pharaoh to let his people go. Moses wasn't super king on his speaking abilities, though, uh, so God allowed for Moses' brother Aaron to go with him and do the talking. Now, Moses would, be, would give Aaron the words that were given to him by God, but it would be Aaron that was actually doing the talking. No matter what Aaron and Moses had to say to Pharaoh, he wasn't interested. Pharaoh wanted nothing to do with it. Pharaoh was getting all kinds of things done with the slave labor of the Israelites. He didn't want to give that up because these two guys were like hearing voices. So God started to release these plagues on Egypt until Pharaoh let the people of Israel free. So here's what God did through Moses there. First, he, he turned the Nile into, uh, into the Nile River into blood. Then uh, he had Egypt become overrun with frogs, gnats, flies, and locusts. Then hail came down, like unlike any other time in the history of Egypt. Then the entire nation was covered in perpetual darkness, and eventually all the firstborn children of the Egyptians died. And it wasn't until that last one that Pharaoh actually listened to Moses and Aaron and let God's people go. And that's where we're going to pick up with this story in the Bible. Let's take a look at what happens when the people of Israel are free to go. There in Exodus, it says, When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. So we see this here. God knew that the people of Israel were going to have to take the long road to the land that was promised them. God knew that if he took them through a route where they would have to battle, the people of Israel would give up. Even though God was leading them with a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night, the people of Israel would give up at the first sign of adversity, which I want to stop with for a second. The people of Israel had a literal sign, a literal manifestation of God's presence with them at all times. No matter where they were or what time of day is, there was this miraculous cloud or a pillar of fire leading them. Even then, that wasn't enough to keep them faithful in the word that God had given them. They, that they would leave the imprisonment of Egypt to find a land of their own, a land that God had set aside just for them. How crazy is that to hear? How messed up must they have been to have all this God stuff happening in their lives and at the drop of a hat, they were willing to throw it away? Well, the story for the Israelites doesn't end there. It turns out that Pharaoh had a change of heart. He wanted all the free labor back in his nation, so he brings an army to track down Israel. So let's go back to Exodus. There it says, As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. 
They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. So there it is. The people of Israel were happy to follow God, but it wasn't going the way they thought it would. Israel probably thought they were going to like just walk out of Egypt and have this easy and comfortable and quick walk to the land that God had promised them. Now what's amazing to me is that they're like, why couldn't we have just stayed slaves? At this moment, they wanted to be a slave rather than be in God's care out in the wilderness. The Israelites were like the worst. They have God doing amazing things in their lives. And they are like, but that slavery over there, that was pretty good. And it's really easy to sit here and look at the Israelites messing up because none of us have ever done anything like that before, right? None of us have ever looked back at the good old days before following God with rose-colored glasses, right? I'm sure nobody watching right now or listening right now has ever said, man, I wish I didn't know any better so I could just like go do this thing I'm not supposed to do over here, right? I'm sure no one listening right now has ever said, I know God, what God wants me to do, but I'm not going to. I'm going to do what I want. Of course we have. We have all done something like this to some level, including me, especially me. And this actually reminds me of a, of a meme I saw recently where we ha all have this idea of how things are going to work when God calls us to do something or go somewhere. We think it's gonna be this nice, straight, and easy line and path to the finish line. We think it's gonna be smooth sailing all the way. However, if that was the case, how would God get all the glory? No, no, no. God is gonna take us down the treacherous path. God is gonna take us the way where he gets the ultimate glory for what is accomplished. So when we hit the obstacles, we can complain and we can cling onto the things that are slowing us down. So last week, we actually talked about the tragedy at Man Gulch uh, with the smoke-jumping firefighters that had dropped into the forest to extinguish a huge fire. This week, I wanna to talk to you about another set of smoke jumpers. This one comes in 1994, and a group jumped into a fire on Storm King Mountain in Colorado. You see, as they were working, high winds caused this massive forest fire to shift direction, much like the Man Gulch fire, the smoke jumpers had to run uphill to a ridge for safety. However, this time, all they had to do was get 200 feet uphill. Even with the run being shorter, 14 smoke jumpers and wildland firefighters lost their lives that day. Later, investigators found that most of the crew held onto their tools and backpacks. And they had these huge backpacks still on, chainsaws still in their hands, and experts that studied the situation concluded that they would have been 15 to 20% faster if they just dropped their gear. Those experts said that most of them would have made it to safety if they just ditched their tools. So why would they hold onto their tools in the middle of this fire? A chainsaw isn't very helpful in a sprint. Organizational psychologist Carl Weick says it like this. Fires are not fought with bodies and bare hands. They're fought with tools that are often distinctive trademarks of firefighters. They are the firefighter's reason for being deployed in the first place. Dropping one's tools creates an existential crisis. Without my tools, who am I? So these firefighters held onto these tools because they felt like it was what helped define how they would navigate the world they were in. 
And the same can go for us when we are following God's word to go and do something. When we are going out there and sharing the fruit the spirit grew within us, things can go wrong. And in those times, we lean on our own understanding of a situation. We cling onto the way we know things work. We hang onto the tools that we have, even though they are slowing us down. And we do it because it's scary out there in the wilderness. I mean, that's what the Israelites were saying, right? They would rather be in slavery dealing with all that than deal with the fear of being in the wilderness and not having any control of what's going on. In a weird way, being a slave of Egypt was part of who they were. And once they got out into the wilderness, they didn't know what to do or who to be. It's at this point where we see Moses step up as a leader. He begins to step into the, what God created him to be, the one that would lead Israel out of captivity. So let's go back to the story to see what happens. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Moses is telling them, throw your tools to the side. Lean into God instead. Wait and see what God is going to do instead of relying on your own skills, instead of relying on your own knowledge, instead of the way you planned this situation out. Moses is saying, stand still and watch the Lord. And this is actually our transforming truth for today. Remember, we're taking the lies out of our lives each week and replacing it with the truth. So when you find yourself in the middle of a fire created by the world, instead of leaning on this lie that you're the only one that knows how to get yourself out of this, stand still and watch the Lord. Throw away the tools that you have developed. Throw away the plans that you have created. Once you do that, stand still and watch the Lord. Would you rather be in captivity on your own with the tools and plans you have or would you rather be out in the wilderness with God? I mean, think about this. What tool am I going to carry that is going to be greater than whatever God is going to lay in front of me to accomplish his purpose? What plan could you create that is going to accomplish God's plan better than God's? Guys, let me tell you, God cares infinitely more about the purpose he gave you than you ever could. He's going to do everything he can to make his purpose in you come to pass. And we see that exact thing happen with Moses and Israel. Let's go back to Exodus. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Then that is what happened. Moses stood before the Red Sea, picked up his staff, and the sea parted for him. I guarantee you, that Moses didn't have that tool in his bag before he got there that day. I guarantee you that the people of Israel hadn't planned for this to happen. When we can stand still and watch the Lord, we can see where he is moving. When we see where he is moving, we can run after him as fast as we possibly can because nothing in your plan is going to move as well as what's happening when you are on board with God's plan. This is exactly what happened with me 
when we were starting Akuo. Instead of tapping into a network of worship leaders, God gave me a word that Abel was going to be our worship leader here at Akuo. And that's working out pretty well so far. When it came to fundraising strategies, God gave me a clear word. He let me know that I wasn't going to have to sell anyone on giving anything to Akuo. He let me know all I would ever have to do is share what he is doing around here and everything would be fine. And he didn't lie. We have always been healthy financially here at Akuo. Even though we've given away all kinds of money to all kinds of organizations that we part with, partner with all the time, we're taken care of. Even though we started this church in the middle of a global pandemic, God has made sure everything is okay. Because remember, we were supposed to open a church like raising livestock, right? Well, we started away from everyone because of the pandemic. We started online only, about as small as we possibly can. Even then, across our in-person and online attenders, we have a congregation of about 150 people, which is an absolute blessing. I mean, according to some data, we're larger than half of the churches in the entire country right now. Then remember, I needed to use these resources from this huge group of people to get a cheap deal on our church. Well, we did get an amazing deal on this church that we're renting right now, but it was because I listened to God when he told me to go ask for it, not pay for it, not have this great plan and resources and tools used. But because of that, God took care of it. And it was through a plan that he started almost a decade ago. Then the last part of my plan of opening the church was having three staff members. And before we got started, we did have a third person, someone that would lead our children, but she felt God was calling her somewhere else before the pandemic hit. Well, if we would have had that person on staff to run a children's ministry, when we didn't have a children's ministry to do, well, what would we have done? All of this to say, God's plan is so much better than everything I could lay out. And it was pretty much the opposite of everything I wanted to do. So far, things have worked out exactly to God's plan. So today, I want you to think about the path that you were on. Have things gotten harder than you thought they would be? Has there been adversity that you didn't think would pop up? Then think about how you want to handle it. Just take a second and let that idea pop in your head. How would you handle this situation? Now, once it hits you, that's your idea. That's the plan. That's the tool that you would use to get out of that adversity. And if you can't think of anything, then you don't even have a plan. You don't even have a tool for the situation you're currently in. Now let's just close our eyes and take a few seconds here. Just think about that issue that's going on. Think about that situation that you are in right now. Just visualize the whole thing. And ask God what he wants you to do in this situation. Ask him to show you the path that he wants you to walk. Ask God which direction is the right direction. Now you can open your eyes. Over the next week, don't do anything to fix that situation in your life. Instead, stand still and watch the Lord. You might see the exact thing that you want to do. Normally, it's going against the way that you would want to do it, right? If you feel like you need to do something, but you really don't want to, it might be God telling you to do it his way and not your way. And some of you have heard from God about how to do something in your life, whether it was last week, last year, last decade, and you didn't do it. 
Well, I want you to know that there is still time. Don't be upset with yourself or get down on yourself. I know you might feel like you've disqualified yourself, but it's not too late. You can start following the word God gave you right now. And Jesus actually talked about this exact thing in a story accounted for by Jesus' disciple, Matthew. Jesus said this, but what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But he later changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. So guys, it doesn't matter if you said no, even if you do it late. You're still doing the will of our Father. The victory that God has in store for your life starts today. And the first victory that you might need is being in relationship with Jesus. You might have been feeling like you need to lean into him a little better, but you felt like that a long time ago. And now you think it's like too late to jump in, but it's not. If you want to start your relationship with Jesus right here and right now, you can do that. It doesn't matter how long you've waited or how many bad things you've done in your life, you can start today. To start that relationship with Jesus, it's really simple. All you have to do is simply have a conversation with him. We would call that a prayer. Then you let Jesus know that you believe in him and what he did here on this earth the best way you possibly can. Then to help you out, I'd like to ask everyone in the Akuo community to pray along with you. Because here at Akuo, no one ever has to pray alone. There's always a community here for you. So if you want to stop following the plan you have laid out for your life and you want to get in with Jesus, I want you to pray. And you can just pray something like this along with me. So Jesus, I'm coming to you right now and I know I've messed up so much. I'm sorry for that. But I'm here now and I want you to know I believe in you. I believe that you gave up your life for me. That you gave up your life to make up for every single mistake I've made in the past and every single mistake I'll make in the future. So Jesus, I don't want to run away from you anymore. I want to follow you the best way I know how. Amen. So let's just keep our heads bowed right now. And now if you're a believer, whether it's been uh, for the last like five decades or the last five seconds, and you want things to change in your life, I want you to do this. Think about the things that God has asked you to do. I want you to allow God to talk with you just between you and him. Just say this. Just say, I'm listening. Now pray this along with me. Jesus, thank you for being with me. Thank you for carrying me through this life. Right now, I just want to stop laying out my own plans and I just want to follow yours. Jesus, help me stay focused on you and in your presence. Thank you. Thank you for what you have done for me. I love you. And we pray all of these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
All right, guys, that's another week down in this series called I Don't Want to Go. Next week, we are going to continue in this series called I Don't Want to Go, and we're going to be talking about uh, a new subject. And that new subject is going to be uh, the, the woman Esther. And in that story, it's going to be talking about what happens when we look at not only where God wants us to go, but when he wants us to go. It's going to be a really good one. It's one I'm very excited about. So be sure to watch along with us next week at 8.30 and 10 to find out more. And feel free to invite people, share links, and, and just get people to watch it. Next, I want to talk to you about how we practice generosity here at Akuo. What we do is practice the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. Now, we know that when you trust God with your finances, there's a great blessing. Now, I'm not saying that because you start tithing, you're going to get, you know, something crazy like, you know, a million shares of Dogecoin or something like that. That's not how it works. The way it does work is that anytime you give something over to God, you experience a blessing in that arena. So we want to make sure that you are experience, experiencing this blessing in your life by practicing this very practical discipline. Now, that might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family. And if that's the case, I want you to reach out to us. We're able to help you guys out with, with HEB gift cards, with paying bills, with uh, whatever it might be. Just let us know. Please reach out and let us know if you need help or if there's someone in your life that needs help. All you have to do for that is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send me an email directly at humby.sedevera at akuo.church. You can also call or text the church directly at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to tithe here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church, and then clicking on the giving link and following the instructions. We also have our text-to-tithe option. For that, all you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe to the number 77977. And if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. box available if you would like to send your tithe through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to P.O. box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. Now, the next thing I want to remind you guys about is our Zoom group and just getting into community with one another. This is a great way for us to get together and hear how God is bearing fruit in us and listen to God about how we can share pain with one another, get hot with one another, and figure out the purpose for our pain and eventually learn how we can go in that direction. So we want you to join us this Wednesday night at 7.30. For all the links to the Zoom group, all you have to do is go to any of our social media pages. Now, in addition to the Zoom group, we have our first in-person group meeting here in this Monticello Park neighborhood every single Monday night. It's taking place outside, and for now, everyone will be asked to wear a mask for the time being. Now, if you are interested in being a part of it, just be sure and look out on our social media, and we'll let you guys know more information about that, or go to our website about it. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you today. Like I always tell you, I'm praying for each and every one of you all week long, and I love all of you. So let me pray over you one last time before we get out of here. So Jesus, as everyone clicks off their browser, turns off their TV and puts away their phone, I ask that you would be speaking to them. I pray that they would hear you. I pray that they would be able to lay down their tools, lay down their plans and just stop and wait on you. Be calm and watch you work in their lives, Lord. Thank you for everything. We love you. And we pray all of these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you today. Enjoy the rest of your day.
Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.